0: Hey folks, welcome to episode 274 of the FW Bass Fishing Podcast in Shaftsbury, Vermont. I'm Jody White, joined from Norwalk, Iowa, by Kyle Wood. Yeah! I hope you never move from Norwalk, Iowa. <laughs> I want you to live there till the... Well, till whenever we stop doing this podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, Because it is... Then you can move wherever. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, But, man, I love saying it. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It rolls off the tongue. It's one of my favorite places in the United States,
1: uh, really, in the whole world. It's great. (laughs) One of the favorite places you have not uh, ever seen in person, Uh, though someday you may cross paths.
0: Would I have driven... Let's say I drove from the Mississippi River to Hot Springs, Arkansas... And let's say I tremendously enjoyed the whole trip and thought it was great. Would I have driven through Norwalk, Iowa, or not?
1: Um, you may have come close, I guess, if you went down 35.
0: So I possibly could have seen
1: it. You, Yeah, you probably could have seen a cornfield or two that was, okay. like, within the vicinity of it. Or pretty close to the to the uh, city limits.
0: All right. Well, I don't really know how I got there. <laughs> uh, but maybe I saw it. Maybe I didn't. Um <laughs> But anyway, we got a good show today. We've got uh, quite a bit of news, Um, you know, tournament related stuff, schedule related stuff. Uh, Sorry to everyone in the Northern Division. I am not going to tell you where the next tournament will be. (laughs) Um, But uh, we got some news. We're going to talk about the Mississippi River, talk about the Rookie of the Year race, um, because we're kind of getting down to the wire on the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit, Uh, and then run over some BFL derbies and. We will have an interview with somebody super cool, but it's one of those ones where we uh, have not scheduled it yet. So, it's kind of a TBD situation. Yep, but it'll, yeah, it will be, it'll be sweet. Cool. Well, in that case, let's throw this over to somebody sweet, and uh, then you and I will come back and chat. Let's do it.
1: All right. Joining us this week is uh, Mr. Swimjig himself, Tom Monsoor. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for uh, joining us this week.
2: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: It, uh, it it was kind of last second, so uh, I do very much appreciate you uh, coming on. Uh, but you said you're driving somewhere. Where are you heading to? Uh,
2: I was just out looking at my land. Uh, we were doing some, bought some property, and I was looking at some gravel we laid. Oh, and
1: so... Letting, it... my,
2: letting, letting my dog play a little bit. <laughs> Since I can't go fishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh,
1: that would be kind of a killer because you live... Uh, I mean, how how close is it from your place to the uh, ramp at Veterans Park there in La Crosse?
2: Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you really
1: can't I, get around town without looking at the river, can you?
2: No, I just drove by the river, just out, just drove over Black River. I mean, I see it everywhere I turn. <laughs> I'm two minutes from three different landings. Oh,
1: gosh. Yeah, that would uh, that would drive me insane. That'd be tough. Oh, God. Yeah, I
2: fish every day usually otherwise.
1: Well, uh, you know, obviously we have the uh, Pro Circuit Super Tournament coming up here uh, in, well, a little over a week. I guess we'll get started. Practice starts this Sunday. Um, Pretty cool, huh? Oh, man. I I am super stoked uh, that we're going back there. Um, Me too. And I understand that you are. I've actually, um, you know, I guess... Gosh, I can't remember when, but Brett Carlson and myself came down and we filmed, like, a Beyond the Basics video with you on fishing a swim jig on the river, and that was in the summer at some point. It might have after been after the Cup uh, in August, but, gosh, like, ever since then, that was probably some of the most time I've ever spent on Pool 8, and uh, or, you know, the first major time. And the amount of fish you can catch, um, I mean, it's it's crazy.
2: Yeah, they're going to get them. Those guys that are gonna really get on them good. What uh, they always do, though, they're good. The, true, very true. <laughs> the, uh, a, the fish are in for a rude awakening.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they definitely are. Um, yeah, you know the 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 interesting thing about the river is that it changes so much, and and for a lot of the guys in this field, you know, if they were here in 2017, obviously this is going to be a totally different looking event. For them, Uh, obviously, the water is a lot lower than it was, Um, you know, just time of the year, too. So maybe just for the folks listening, set the stage on kind of where the river's at uh, right now versus last time.
2: It's two feet at least lower than normal that anybody's been here. It's the lowest it's been in three years right now. Wow! I've been stuck, stuck three times myself before cutoff. Oh, I mean every this place you know, this isn't like a lake where you know you got brush piles and this is good and that's good and it's seasonal, but it's still always the same mm-hmm. this is never never the same.
1: Sure. The only
2: time this is this is kind of consistent is late August and September when the shad are they're schooling on the shad well that isn't happening yet. Okay. So there, there is otherwise there is no pattern here. You know, <laughs> it's it's whatever you want to do. You want to go frogging, you go frogging. You want to fish rip rap, you fish rip You know, you want to fish weeds, you fish weeds. You want to fish deep, you go fish deep. It's whatever your, you know, fancy is or what your strength is. That's what you can do here, because oh, cool. there's everything. And, uh,
1: and and the interesting thing, I think a lot of people get really caught up. Uh, you know, from whether it's elite series events that have been there in the past or some of the major league fishing stuff, um, you know, everyone thinks frog fishing and no doubt there's going to be guys catching fish on frogs. Um, oh, yeah! but tell me a little more about, um, the smallmouths because I think guys kind of overlook it to an extent, uh, but they can be just as big a player this time of year. Like it's not just a fall or a spring thing for smallmouths, right?
2: Oh, they win tournaments here all the time. Yeah, yeah. And there's probably I mean, they're probably that's, just that's, as plentiful
1: it. as a largemouth, right?
2: Oh, well, they are. It's not that they aren't a player. They are. They're just as big a player as any anything. You know, those guys that are going to just target smallmouth, and they're going to get big ones. They're going to get five pounders. Sure. They're as big as smallmouth. I've caught them six and a half pounds here in tournaments. Gosh dang! <laughs> I mean, God. they're here. You know, you know. It's you can get a six pound smallie in a tournament here.
1: For sure, for sure.
2: Yeah. Oh, somebody will get one and they're starting they're starting to get fat again now i mean it it gets better in a month you know when they're really getting fat off the shit but yeah it, it's okay. starting
1: okay so we're kind of they're
2: just starting to beef up you know
1: the um is is a lot of the smallmouth stuff i imagine um we'll see guys catching them whether it's like on a uh you could throw a swim bait probably probably catch them on a top water like i mean you can kind of do whatever you want to catch a smallmouth right you could swim a jig you can like it's yeah, kind of wide they, open like that too isn't it
2: those are the three best things you could do a top water swim jig you know that's <laughs> what they love you know that they're gonna catch them like that i'm gonna catch them like that probably
1: i believe that i 100 I percent believe that <laughs>
2: There's one spot I'm not going to catch him like that, though. I called Bill today. I was looking out. I saw they got a head-to-head tournament here today, oh. or this
0: week. Oh. And,
2: and and I'm watching this guy on uh, on the Internet, you know, and he's fishing in a restricted area above one of the dams, and I catch some nice smallies there. Well, I called Bill, and I said, Bill, can you do that? And I felt up like, no. Oh. no, no. So there's one spot gone, you know, <laughs> right there, you know, because, you know, locals, they fish, you know, the restricted buoys don't mean nothing. That's just so idiots don't go over the dams. Right, right. You know, <laughs> you know it don't mean, you know, anything. But, yeah, it means a lot to FLW. So there's, there's you know, that, that's one less smallmouth spot for me anyway and for other guys, I'm sure. And Octafoe actually won a tournament by one of them spillways and I don't know if that would even be legal now.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
2: So I'm not sure. I gotta check that out and see how everything lays out. Well that's you, know, you gotta watch all the things. You can't do nothing wrong in these tournaments, period.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and especially on a place like this where you do have, you know, those restrictions within, you know, where the locks and dams are and, and right, stuff like that. Right, it's make right. sure you gotta be on top of your signage uh and understanding of that but um it's interesting to hear that this tournament will be um a lot more versatile you know that that tournament may obviously were a lot of fish spawning there were fish pre-spawn there were probably some fish that were done spawning but you saw like big concentrations of guys in certain areas and a lot of those were where fish were going to spawn but do you think the pool seven eight nine where this tournament will happen um how will that handle 200 boats do you think will
2: it spread out pretty good Oh yeah, that's huge. That's huge. That's sixty at least sixty miles of river and backwaters. I mean, there's places that'll never see a boat. Oh, for sure, you know? for sure. Oh, I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of room. It isn't nothing like that. What about you know? There'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of guys in certain areas, you know, you know, because they're easy to get to or stuff, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. You know, okay.
1: What about, um, we we heard from Matt Steffen uh, the other week about his take on the, like, the different pools playing. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think, do you think we'll see guys catching them during the event in every pool? Do you think, because nine to me, at least on paper, seems like, you know, it's the biggest gamble, right? It's the longest run down there, plus you got to worry about locks and then you you know if you're fishing the bottom end of nine or middle of nine like it's a little bit of a hike to get down there
2: oh yeah it's a 40 45 mile run maybe
1: do you uh you know,
2: with a lock
1: yeah exactly and um I mean, do, you, do you think though we'll see someone catch them pretty good from sure. all the pools or in sure. your experience does one pool tend to fire a little more than other? not a specific pool but like maybe this time around seven is the pool or eight's the pool this time do you see it play out like that on the river?
2: Nope, it's going to be up for grabs. You can find them. I fish all three of them. I won tournaments in all three of them. I've run down to nine many times. I fished on seven many times. I have fished on eight, you know, many times. Sure. It's it, 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 it's where you find them. You know? Okay. And it's where you find it's where you find what you feel the best about. Locking is a bummer. You know, guys mm-hmm. get locked out. You know, these th- these locks don't play to the fishermen.
1: No. If there's <laughs> a barge,
2: you're, you're done. You either you either get in when the barge ain't there, or you're done. Period. It sure. don't work like that on the Mississippi River. The barges are, have priority over everything. Yeah, no doubt. But all three pools, all three pools are going to be on, and it's just you know, if you want to get away from somebody, you can from everybody, you can run as far as you want, and and there's guys that'll do that.
1: Yeah. Know? Okay. Oh man! See, you get you're getting me more hyped for this event because I really like that, you know, all three pools very much a factor. Small mouse, large mouse, a factor, and guys can catch them kind of however they want. Like it really seems like, uh, especially for having live coverage all four days of the event, it seems like kind of the best case scenario for fans and the anglers alike uh, to oh, have yeah. a tournament.
2: It's not going to be like watching a lake or watching the Great Lakes. It isn't going to be one thing yeah yeah you're gonna see different cover different you know types of fishing top water football heads i mean they're gonna be doing everything you know from zero to 30 feet oh that's cool i like it weeds rocks wood you know i mean this guy's gonna be doing everything
1: yeah so you can really pick your strength even if you're not that comfortable with the river you could find like if you're a deep you know tennessee river ledge guy you could find something deeper Uh, oh
2: there's all kinds of them yeah you Uh, know that'll be interesting and that's just starting to get good
1: sure i was going to ask you about that because i mean it's been for the midwest here and i guess probably across the rest of the country but it's been hot for the midwest this yeah yeah really hot
2: yeah but things aren't like it should be with that heat the water it's like we're a month behind with the weeds and the shad and everything you know it just it, it was a perfect summer for low water, and the weeds should be up, and the shad should be growing like crazy. But the spring was cold, and it didn't happen like sure. it should have. That's so a good it's point. Just, that's the Mississippi River, though. It's different every year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think no one better can attest to that than, uh, than yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, it, hey, it burns me, too. You know, the guys coming up here Sunday – have just as good a shot of finding great fish as anybody that lives here. Oh yeah. Because it changes every day. You know, the last tournament we had up here I had a mile stretch of stumps. I could have won any tournament for two weeks. And it rained the day before and the water went up and got muddy. I caught one fish there. Oh, wow.
1: It is really insane how fast it does change on the river because, like, the Tennessee River, you know, that's where we have, uh, you know, most of our FLW events. And you'll see, you know, water level changes, but it's nothing near as extreme in terms of, like, moving the fish around, it seems, as it is on the Mississippi River.
2: Oh, these fish are crazy. They just go.
1: They love swimming sometimes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and they go yeah they go find what they like just like we can they do too you know they get they get in the car and go (laughs) (laughs) you know it's unreal let me tell you i how many
1: guys have you had um reach out to you to try to get um a number to call for when they get stuck on a sandbar if they need to get pulled off have you had a lot of guys (laughs) calling you for maybe sandbar help
2: I got one today. (laughs) One of the head-to-head guys was unbelievable.
1: I feel like uh, we'll we'll see some of that on um, some guys' social media posts next week, I imagine. Oh, my
2: God. I tell you what, (laughs) like I say, I got stuck three times bad. I mean, running places I've run all my life, i go to run through and i'm that's it i'm done i'm grounded wow and, and nobody's around and i'm the airboat guy. <laughs> 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 so i got a i got a suzuki last year
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I, the last the first time was about eight weeks ago and i told the guy with me we were getting ready to fish a team tournament i said get in we couldn't move it two guys i said get in i put the motor down and dug a hole for 30 feet oh <laughs> now i would have blew my mercury up mm-hmm. and wrecked the lower unit but that, that thing's still thing kicking did, after it, that huh it, it didn't bother it I, <laughs> I was amazed i took it to the marina and i said look at it and see if i heard it <laughs> He says, well except for the sand packed in back here <laughs> Seems to be okay, my water pressure was great. I couldn't wow. believe it. And then I did it two more times. And I just can't believe it. It doesn't hurt it. I've never had a motor that strong and dependable in my life. That's pretty impressive, I mean, especially
1: coming from a guy like yourself who is put motors through a lot on that river
2: you have you hey you have no idea what i do to (laughs) motors i go through three lower units a year guaranteed oh my gosh now now i've gone through two prop shafts on my suzuki each year last year and this year holy cow not not a lower unit not lower units just a prop shaft (laughs) yeah i don't know how it can do it wow you know i bust skags off i mean you know it's just that's the river Gosh, damn. You hit logs, you hit it, it just changes all the time here.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
2: But I'm impressed with that thing. Holy cow. Huh. I got talked into it. And boy, I'm glad it worked out because I wouldn't have been a happy camper if it did. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, because I'm pretty set in my ways for 30 years. and <laughs> have been taking a chance, and now I call them up and say, it's running great leave a message you know to marina <laughs> yeah. just to, just to pimp them because they, when they get a call from you usually it's bad yeah
1: usually <laughs> usually they're ordering a new something <laughs> for you or making sure yeah, they got yeah, something on yeah, it, yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> yeah well it's pretty cool i'm really happy
1: with uh you know on that note of uh you know wrecking stuff i kind of wanted to ask you you know when you were you know in your commercial fishing days um like a lot of that stuff, would you wreck motors on those boats, too, like trying to get back to where you would net fish?
2: Oh, yeah. I've taken <laughs> motors off the boat. Oh, my you know, god. Like you hit a I log mean, or something? On, hit a stump and takes it right off. Goodness you know? gracious. <laughs> they, they bolted on quite as good back then as the, you know, bass boats are bolted on. Sure, sure. But I've destroyed them on a bass boat, too, where they're just hanging there.
1: Have you ever gone back and caught a fish off of where you've ripped a motor off? Like you know, No. You...
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea, but no. It seems yeah. like a really good piece of structure to be laying in there. <laughs> no, oh, you know what? You know what? I shouldn't say that. Right at the Clinton Street Bridge, I was head of about 10,000 pounds of drum in my boat. And I was waving at somebody up on the bridge, and I hit a big rack pile and i have caught many fish off that rock pile so i, I guess <laughs> yes. i have
1: okay you know?
2: <laughs> and it oh. took the motor right off too and then i didn't think it was too funny waving Yeah. <laughs> you know? oh my gosh yeah oh boy
1: the other uh when you
2: got when you got that much weight in your boat you sit lower though oh yeah know?
1: yeah that's a lot of drum too yeah yeah oh, gonna... we
2: catch like a hundred thousand pounds at a time when we do that
1: goodness
2: gracious got to feed the people
1: yeah you know that's right well what's and i was going to ask you on. too what the biggest large mouth and smallmouth you've ever netted uh you
2: know what i've caught them bigger than i've netted really but one time one time though in the winter under the ice we pulled a haul and we didn't catch any it was for drum and we didn't catch any drum we caught about a thousand smallmouth bass holy cow and, and I was real careful to let them go real slow and watch each one, you know, or not one, but, you know, it, as they were getting away, there. you know, you'd be 10, 20 at a time like that mm-hmm. going over the net. And I watched so careful. I wanted to see a 8, 9, 10-pounder. <laughs> I never saw one. I saw wow. maybe a 5-pounder. Huh. I couldn't believe there wasn't a giant in there with them oh yeah i see i would have
1: thought the same thing that's why i figured i'd ask
2: oh yeah i mean i've seen you know world record walleyes and northerns and but not bass you know bass hang out in different stuff than what we catch you know where we catch the carp stuff
1: oh that's true i guess
2: especially in the winter you know yeah yeah and that's when we catch a lot you know when it's cold oh okay that makes sense that makes sense we don't we don't net in the summer when it's hot they don't live good and uh, we try to sell everything alive so they have to live good
1: so really the cold water periods are when you make hay
2: right right because oh, okay. we ship most of our fish to new york alive
1: interesting
2: yeah hmm. yeah
1: well uh what's the biggest largemouth you've ever
2: caught on the river God, seven pounds, seven and a half, maybe. But they catch 10-pounders on on TV. You know, they used to have a Lucky 13 show every Sunday night, and the musky guys would catch 10-pounders every week. What? (laughs) Yeah, up north, further north of here even.
1: I, I mean, you know, I've heard of. Uh, I got some buddies on Lake Minnetonka that musky fish a lot, and uh, yeah. some of the other big lakes in Minnesota, like Leech and and even Malax. And I have heard of yeah. a lot of really big fish caught on musky baits, and it has made yep. me think. Every now and then, it might be worth going out and throwing a big, uh, you know, like pound bulldog or something around. But uh, then you know you think about catching one on a frog, and that's a little cooler, I guess, than throwing a musky bait. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I've caught four or five pounders. With big fish sticking out of their, you know, you know, their throat. Oh yeah. I mean, they 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 eat giant fish too. You know. It's oh. just you know we don't fish like that most of the time.
1: Yeah, that's true. That is true. But
2: I've still never caught one over over seven hardly around here. Hmm. Six and a half for a smallmouth and probably close to seven for a large mouth.
1: Still, either way, those are. I mean, those are big fish.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, especially they're huge down there. To me. You know, a six pounder here is like a twelve pounder in Florida or Texas. Oh. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Huh. Uh okay, I got one other uh Mississippi River uh pro circuit question for you, and that is what do you think it's gonna take to win
2: weight wise? Uh fifteen a day anyway. Sure. Okay. You know, for sure. And I mean it's tough right now, believe it or not. I mean there's it's the fish have been kinda there's mayfly hatch there's you know a bunch of goofy stuff going on and it's they hit the bfl it took uh it was a three fish limit they had almost 12 pounds so it was a four pound almost a four pound average but it dropped right off then
1: yeah yeah it did so
2: then it was a three pound average was really good still mm-hmm. really good you know top 10 top five sure so you know it's It'll be interesting because it's it's in the transition of going from funky to great.
1: Okay, so we're going to be kind of walking the line.
2: Right, because of the shad, believe it or not. That is such a big deal.
1: Oh, okay. Which is, it's actually, it's always been funny to me because, you know, when you take a lot of southern anglers and they come up north, they start talking about shad, but they talk about shad on lakes that don't have shad. So this is the one time that they can fish up north and talk about shad and <laughs> actually uh, actually be correct for once.
2: Oh yeah. No <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, In 3 4 weeks it would be a shad tournament.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: The the winner would be fishing shad.
1: Okay. Interesting. Well, either way, I think this is going to be
2: smallmouth and largemouth.
1: Yeah. But and that's that's really though when you're saying the Smallmouths, when they start to put weight on, because uh, yep. I guess like notoriously, when I think of smallmouth on the river, I tend to think of like the fall or yep. getting into the fall when they, them smallmouths get real chunky and they're gorging themselves on chad and
2: um, all day long.
1: Yeah, but those large mouths, they won't discriminate with them either. They'll go chase around
2: oh, chad, yeah. wherever they're at. Big ones. That's when you get the five pounders. You know on a spook and all that good stuff yeah
1: yeah oh man gosh this is gonna be fun um
2: yeah well there's gonna be some of it going on you know we're still a week away and i've been off the water for a week and you know every week you know the shad are getting bigger the bigger they get the better it's gonna get
1: sure okay you know so we'll uh we'll start to we'll have to check back in with you after a couple days of practice and see what uh see what you're thinking see what the vibe from the river is then
2: i tell you what i got my tail between my legs after the last two times here i won the first big one here and then the next two i did terrible because i think i got stuck in with what was working and it changed and i didn't change with it the first one the same thing happened the day before everything went the heck mud high water wrecked everything well, I just ran around and found the clear water and won, <laughs> well, I didn't do that the next two times, I goofed myself up,
1: oh sure
2: you know and and when when uh the guy from the Potomac won lacrosse last time they were here,
1: yep Schmidt, Brian Schmidt,
2: yeah, Brian, when he won that for two weeks from the day after the you know the first cut after the second day, me and Karen were just going out having fun, and for two weeks straight, me and her. We're catching 53 to five pounders every day.
1: Wow.
2: You know, just goofing around. And then I went to the Potomac and won it that year. (laughs) Brian wins it here. I win it there. That that was was kind of the funny
1: thing. You guys just. Oh, my
2: God. That (laughs) that was that was unbelievable. But I went and found clear water. Brian had stumbled onto clear water. Oh, you know, and I was in a within a mile of where he was. And it was ridiculous. He had no idea what he was around. So you're thinking... I mean, he won. He, he won, but if he'd have seen what we were catching, it would have blown his mind. Oh, sure. You know, so this, I could go down a stretch and catch five, five-pounders easy. Which,
1: I mean, on the river, that's, that's it's doing crazy. Something. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah,
2: and it, what it was, I think it was pre-spawn. They were just coming up to spawn. Oh, okay. And boy, for two weeks, it was unbelievable wow and then the potomac was just about the same thing you know you know i was doing the same thing i was doing here or there with a the jig and the fish were you know in the little openings and, you mm-hmm. know it was it was pretty cool
1: yeah that was a uh it was a pretty cool tournament the potomac watching you win that and the lacrosse last time was a cold wet uh, not that fun of a tournament to be outside in, but <laughs> uh, yeah, they definitely yeah. the guys caught some fish, but you think this time around, uh, it's kind of maybe, you got your mindset on a little redemption, basically.
2: Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get back in the groove. You know, last fall I won the team championship by myself here. You know, we have a team circuit up here mm-hmm. in the tri-state area. I beat, I beat all the best guys there are around here by myself me and my dog
1: <laughs> you and jigs
2: <laughs> yeah karen, karen karen was down at my visiting your daughter she missed out. Oh. <laughs> oh that was too bad
1: well uh i i hope you get a little redemption and uh the final thing i want to ask you is uh maybe after this tournament's over uh maybe we can uh get a little video filmed of uh you talking about some swim jigs maybe talking about sharpening a hook i know you have uh, uh, oh god yeah you have a lot of good opinions on sharpening a hook and just a swim jig in general so uh how would you feel about that if uh oh rob and i stopped by the monster compound i'm getting
2: old so that'd be great that'd be great oh gosh when you get older it's fun to teach these younger guys this stuff because they don't know how important it is yeah That hook if it don't grab my nail i don't throw it wow how you often will you resharpen throughout throughout a day depends on you know if the hook hits the gill plate just right it can dull it sometimes okay you know if you hit a bone with the point that's why you got to check every fish
1: so after every fish and, you you're know, checking it on your nail to see how it, it takes
2: two seconds yeah not even two seconds you know just bing bing and if it and if it's dull it takes two seconds to sharpen it sure sure so no big deal oh man
1: yeah see i think uh i think the people would like a little video on that i'm gonna leave that as a teaser but i will definitely bug (laughs) you some more about that because uh i'm super intrigued myself uh but i think with that tom i'm gonna let you get you and jigs get back to hanging out and uh here in a couple days we'll see you down on lacrosse and uh, i can't wait to see how it works out for you this time around and uh, either way, I'm sure we'll be bugging you some more and looking for some insight from you because uh, I think this tournament's going to be a blast, and I hope that we're watching you on live uh, all four so days of I. the tournament.
2: So do I. So do I.
1: Well, it's overdue. It, it is, man. And uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I'll let you get going, Tom. Thanks again. See you
2: shortly, man. Yeah, no problem. Talk to you later.
1: All righty, Kyle. The the uh... –
0: First thing on the docket for us today is the uh, Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit schedule change, um, which I think, I would say probably a lot of people knew this was coming, even if you weren't fishing the tournaments, uh, or could sense it coming. Uh, There was a news story, I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, where Messina canceled the title, and then we never announced anything about it, so that was a little bit up in the air, Um, but anyway, we have moved and well we haven't really rescheduled we've really just moved yeah the the, dates are
1: the same it's just new venues
0: yeah we've moved the final event of the Tackle House Pro Circuit regular season which is the Super Tournament it was scheduled for the Detroit River now it is going to be out of Sandusky Bay on Erie uh we've been there before um (laughs) very recently (laughs) uh and then we move the Tackle Warehouse title, which is presented by Toyota, from the St. Lawrence to Sturgeon Bay. So all the people who really wanted to catch smallmouth can stay happy. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, the Sandusky one is interesting because it may just result in like anglers burning a lot more gas. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, for sure.
0: Because they very well might fish in the same places they would if they were fishing in if they were going out of uh, out of Michigan on the Detroit River, but anyway, mm-hmm. what are your uh, what are your thoughts on this?
1: I mean, I think you know, given the uh, um, like the time frame we had to move stuff, because I think the and don't quote me on this, but I think the Detroit River move was because of like tournament size restrictions or something that Michigan has going on. Um I could totally see that Michigan
0: I mean Michigan and New York are both states that have a lot of ex well they have more restrictions than average on travel and activities that people conduct and stuff like that. so it's not yeah it's not like necessarily a surprise that it would be difficult to hold the tournaments there
1: right, right um, uh, now I will say uh you know you and I talked uh, how much we enjoyed that eerie uh Toyota series event a couple of weeks ago though we did also think and i think you kind of really led the charge on it that you know if you come back in a little while you know a couple of weeks or whatever it'll be it'll be like a month removed you know maybe the fish are a little fatter maybe it's a little better we don't know that being said i am kind of sad because one of the other venues i think there were actually a couple options like Potomac i think was going to be one yeah, that was thrown
0: around. I was really looking forward Which, to that. You know I love the Potomac late
1: summer. You, you are it's basically, one of my
0: favorite places.
1: You are our resident Potomac uh, summertime expert. Uh, you know how covered... fast I could have written a preview for the Potomac? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Honestly, probably the same speed it'll take me to write a preview for Sandusky, because I just wrote a preview for Right, that. right. But <laughs> it would have been, like, light speed. I got that on speed dial, baby. <laughs> I, spent, I spent, like, three weeks of my life with the Potomac last
1: year. I'm I'm ready. Dude, you really did it. That was a heck of a run you put in there. Uh, but really glad it's not in the Potomac, because uh, if anyone's ever been to the Potomac in August, it is not cool uh, in terms of temperature. It is usually... Mucho Hado. Um, the other option though, that I'm sad about was Lake Oahe in South Dakota. So the, the other Lake that we were thinking about going to that really kind of makes me upset. And I don't really have a valid reason for why it does, but Lake Oahe was in the mix and that was going to be, uh, I don't want to say it would be like St. Lawrence level. Um, because It isn't right, like it, you know, it's in yeah, South Dakota. I, mean, I
0: looked at the weights when the elite series was there, and they were fine, they were not like knock your socks yeah. off. Yeah, that might be better when we're going. Yeah, here, we were here's here the thing we're gonna go.
1: when 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 Bass announced that they were going to Hawaii, whenever that was a couple years ago, I was like, gosh dang, I've been trying forever, um, throwing out ideas of lakes around the Midwest, and Hawaii was one of them. Just because it's cool and different. I've been there a bunch for walleye tournaments. There are a lot of big smallmouths in there, and I don't think that elite series event necessarily represented weight wise what is capable in there. Um, Because, I mean, and the lake's chock full of smallmouths. But I really like that, uh, like different stuff, you know, like something kind of uh, that we haven't been to. Erie out of Sandusky, you know, we already did it for the series event. We're not that far removed from it. Like, if, it, if we were going there in the fall, it'd probably be a little more exciting. Uh, I was just pumped because it was, like, you know, new and different, and this would be sweet. And then, uh, yeah, that got shot down, I guess, pretty quick by uh, anglers, I guess. Um, but I bet South Dakota would have been all about it. Now, it probably, it also could have been hot. It could have been, like, Potomac-level hot because uh, <laughs> it does get, uh, you know, in the plains of South Dakota, uh, it can get pretty roasty. But, man, it probably would have been a sweet tournament.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... Here's the thing. It's 25 hours away from me. And I had a pretty solid plan coming together for, like, what to do in between tournaments and stuff like that. But also, I wasn't super jazzed about having to drive back 25 hours. Um, so, I'm not... I mean, I'm not mad either way, really. I'd kind of come... the first, I was like, man, that's a really long way. I don't want to do it. Then I started, like playing fishing in Minnesota in between. I'm like, all right, this is coming together. Let's do this. <laughs> and then I was like, well, you know, Sandusky's not very far. I can dig that. <laughs> um, but,
1: yeah, so it's more of a selfish reason. But, see, I oh, was yeah, selfishly thinking, like, oh, cool, we'll go to Hawaii. Then, like you're saying, we could, like, fish our way over to uh, wherever the title's going to be. Because I guess at that time, Sturgeon Bay was... I think kind of the front runner, but maybe it was going to be out of St. Clair. Um, but either way, you could go east. Uh, but yeah, I was just I was just kind of like I was really looking forward to going to South Dakota and sh- trying to showcase that Hawaii is actually a pretty sweet little uh, smallmouth fishery. But no, yeah. now we got to go run like seventy-five miles into St. Clair from Erie, and watch guys catch really big small miles. so you know that's not all that
0: bad here's the bonus of sandusky and it is that we are going to have a properly sized crew to cover the entire area
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: when we had when we fit when we had uh kobe and i work in the toyota series event you can do a lot with two people uh you cannot cover the Great Lakes effectively with two people. You <laughs> know, you cannot unless you have an extreme amount of luck. Yeah. Like, yep. You need amazing things to happen from a timing and location perspective. <laughs> uh, and so we basically covered the area around Sandusky every day because on day 2 when we were like, okay, enough guys went to St. Clair, we got to go there. Now, if I had done this tournament right or, well, let's let's put it this way. If Kobe had not been working his first tournament, if I'd been working this with Charles, let's say, mm-hmm. and there's no shade on Kobe because you, you got to put people into the fold and, you know, and not overstretch people. But if I'd been working the tournament with Charles, I would have had Charles shoot takeoff. I would have dropped the boat in somewhere on the Detroit River day one. And I would have covered the guys there on day one. Dobson would have caught them. We would have got some beautiful photos. And then... I would have got photos of the other guys. And then day two, when it was windier, when Dobson decided not to run there, we would have both of us covered around Sandusky. Then day three, we would have both been in the bay. You know, that would have been the ideal scenario. But with the crew we had, that was not really the smart call. And it worked out. At the same time, you know, we're going to have plenty of dudes for the, uh, you know, the pro circuit event. And we're probably going to start the thing with like, Two or three guys over at Saint Clair. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if the weather looks good, boys, we're going to hit it hard. You know. So uh, I think that I don't know. I'm I'm not opposed to going back to Sandusky because I do want to see if stuff changes. Um, I think from I really would like to see if somebody can make this largemouth thing happen. Um, I am kind of mad that nobody really caught largemouth in the uh, Sandusky, <laughs> uh, you know, series event. At the same time, man, it's a long way. We did just go there.
1: Just going somewhere new would be cool. So I can see that. I mean, look, I guess really what it boils down to, uh, either way, we have Small mouse in our future for the final two events, um, which is, you know, how it was going to be anyway. So that's best case scenario, right? It's better than, like, going and then we decided to go to like lake hartwell uh or like back to chickamauga just somewhere hot really is what i'm getting at i don't want to go somewhere hot and i don't really want to mess with large mouse give right, me now, small mouse
0: now let me uh let me try you something else what about falcon
1: <laughs> you have you have been uh kind of pushing the falcon train <laughs> it just sounds hot there's like tarantulas i mean there's 10 pounders which I obviously the 10 pounders all. though uh yeah i mean you tell me we got go tacos there. i'm i'm leaving today
0: that's um, well yeah we'd have to leave today to get there it's a really <laughs> long way away <laughs> um but i yeah i i'm i'm with you that small moth are preferable obviously uh and really when you kind of, I don't know, it, they're, the options were limited. And they really were. Oahu would have been cool, but also selfishly, man, it's a long way away. Um, but, yeah, I think that's fine. The one that I do really like is the Surgeon Bay uh, reschedule. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because
0: that's for the title. It's uh, obviously a much smaller field, mm-hmm. um, just 50 dudes. And, like that would have been actually really awesome on the St. Lawrence and also really close, uh, Sturgeon Bay, not very close. Uh, but like Sturgeon Bay is pretty awesome. Like it's got them. We know that.
2: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that'll sure. be
0: fun. I think that the, uh, Matt Steffen seems really, really excited about it. I think he should chill like just a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, I know that the guys who were looking forward to small amounts at the title, uh, your Dobsons and Slagonas, and, uh, you know, Nelsons of the world. Probably still looking forward to them. Oh, for sure. Uh, do we have any other thoughts on schedule?
1: Um, no. No, I think that's, uh, that's about it. Obviously, we'll dive into uh, a lot more when we, you know, get closer to that kind of stuff, which is actually going to happen pretty quick because we kind of, it goes lacrosse and there's like a week in between and boom. We'll be at Erie, and then like another week in between, and then boom, we're at uh, Sturgeon Bay. So it's going to happen quick, and then August that is, is over for with. sure.
0: Alrighty, um, what's next on our docket here? I lost my, uh, I lost. I think, our...
1: I think we're talking yeah. Mississippi River.
0: All right, cool, fantastic. Um, Kyle, you wrote the preview for this. Do you want to kind of lead off with? Whatever you've got. Obviously we're gonna you know, I talked with Stefan last week. We're gonna see a lot more next week. I'm sure we'll we'll almost certainly have another podcast episode uh, prior to the event, although it's another kind of midweeky event. So
1: Yeah, it starts next. But like it's
0: kind of it's kinda weird. We're not we still don't have the off day like we're used to. Mm -hmm. So it's uh it's one of those things we're kind of learning on the fly.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, basically, uh, next week, uh, July 29th to August 1st, is the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit Super Tournament uh, on the Mississippi River at a lacrosse. That event's presented by Optima Batteries. Uh, so, yeah, this is it. We got this one, then we got Erie, and that's it for the season. So, a couple things happening here. A, um, Obviously, some dudes gonna you know win a bunch of money. We got Sue's growling at a dude walking uh, outside. Thanks for being a good guard dog. Uh, good job, Sue's big fan. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, someone's gonna win some money. Uh, more importantly, we're gonna really, really get like you know a very good look at Angler of the Year. Like how much of a lead does Nelson have going into Erie kind of thing? Who makes up? Yeah, some Does ground he not kind have a lead?
0: Thing? You know
1: who knows the thing i liked from your interview with stefan is that stefan uh says that like this tournament's a great equalizer because a there's a lot of people that haven't been to the mississippi or they have but at different times of the year and like the craziest thing about the river is that it changes so much you know even throughout the season let alone year to year uh you know, you'll, sandbars move, you get new wood on places, grass grows in different areas. Some years the water's high, like when we were there in 2017. Um, you know, you could pretty much fish up to the railroad tracks on either side of the river, which is ridiculous. Now we're going to be probably kind of basically at like, the river's kind of hovering like six and three quarter feet, seven feet, which is like pretty low, but kind of normal for this time of year. So it's going to look a lot different for guys that have only fished it in 2017. If guys fish the open, uh, it'll probably be—I can't—I can't remember what the water level was, but even still, it'll probably be a little different even from that.
0: It would—I pro- would guess it would be lower in this tournament than it was in the open, only because the open started so high. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the open started like just as high as it was in 2016 or whatever, and then dropped precipitously. Mm-hmm. And I bet that it probably seemed like it fell a lot, and it did, but it probably didn't fall to full summer pool. Like, I bet it didn't get low, low, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so this will be um, it, – it'll be really interesting to see how guys tackle practice, first and foremost, because, um, I mean, it's going to be a mild nightmare navigating a lot of the stuff down there. Uh because you have to like some of these backwater things like you can look at on map or on you know google uh google maps or something google earth and be like oh that looks super sweet oh all you gotta do is take this little channel here and you like take the channel and then the offshoot you're supposed to get in like isn't there anymore or it's you know just straight sand or it's super shallow and you get stuck um so there's like a lot of idling to try to get into these little sneaky places and at the same time you can catch a lot of fish out towards the main river or on those little like kind of sand drops where those backwater channels kind of lead out to the main river so you know people people will be able to get on stuff without actually trying to like you know run way back into the jungle um but it should be interesting we uh i don't want to jump too far ahead into the bfl's however we did just have a bfl there this past weekend and uh the guy that won it was a three fish limit He had 11 pounds, 9 ounces, which is pretty stout for the river. Uh, He fished in Pool 7, but, like, way at the top end of Pool 7. Yeah.
0: Pool 7 really intrigues me in this tournament. Um, It seemed like in the Open last year, a lot of guys went to Pool 9, but there weren't, like, big weights that came out of Pool mm 9. There were limits. And I think that it seems to me that Pool 8 gets kind of hammered. Pool 7 is like a has a little bit less pressure probably is still not very but it's still not a long way to get to right and it has like some really interesting looking water i'm i'm very like day one of this tournament i want to cover pool seven if only to like learn more about it and see what happens in it i'm that's the one that i'm most curious about because uh, like a lot of history is kind of on pool eight i would say but seven is where my mind is curious
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're I think you're very right on that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like 7 and 8 were the main players. Like the thing is to run to 9 from where we launch in 8 cuz you're basically at the top end of the pool. So then you got to run all the way down to 9. Then you got to lock through. And then depending on where you're going to 9, you got to, you know, you got another whatever 20 minutes, maybe even like half hour plus of running just to get to where you want to start fishing. Then you got to worry about barges and like the thing with the river, I mean, it's got a lot of fish in it, but it's kind of like ounces are king. You know, it's not like you're going to run to pool nine and find a school of five pounders everywhere. Uh, Boy, that'd be cool though. Dude, it would. I mean, and that would would (laughs) definitely make it worth running to nine, but you know what I mean? It's like you can run to nine, catch, you know, some two and a half, two and three quarters, And have that be a good spot but you could find that same type of stuff on pool seven or pool eight and not have to make that run uh i guess the difference i'd be a little curious about like um like i think i think we'll see some small mouse play probably not like a whole lot of them but you know maybe nine is a place that you can go and you feel like you can get like two or three big smallmouth bites. And when I say that, I mean, like, let's just call them three-plus pounders, three and a quarter, three and a half, maybe a four-pounder. Yeah, like, you're probably not running into, like,
0: a five-pound smallmouth this time of year on the river. Yeah. That's very unlikely to happen.
1: Yeah, they're too lean. You know, they love swimming around in that current. Uh, They're just not as fat as their uh, largemouth cousins that are just, you know, hunkered down under some cheese somewhere or in some rice or pads or whatever. Um, but it, I mean it, it'll be uh it'll be a pretty cool tournament. And definitely should be a lot of really cool fish catches in terms of like from a frog. Uh, I bet there's also probably some cool topwater stuff going on. Um, wouldn't be surprised if we see some smallmouths caught on like a you know like a spook or something like that. Uh,
0: yeah, I would uh I would definitely be down for the topwater action. Like that's that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think looks-
1: it should uh it should be uh it should be a fun event it's not um you know the mississippi is never a it's never a big weight type of tournament but it's kind of usually what it lacks in like total winning weight usually makes up for an action which is uh you know pretty cool place to have a, a tournament that you can watch live fishing i think
0: yeah for sure what a. Especially live, like, and Frog Bites on live. I'm oh, a huge fan yeah, of, like, absolutely. those are good things. Um, what, a uh, in your head, what do you feel like the AOI race is looking like after this event? Ooh. Um, like, do you think, how do you, I guess basically the question is, how do we feel about Ron Nelson in this tournament? Because he's got a pretty solid lead. Um, but, and I'm fairly sure John Cox is not fishing the tournament. Um, let's say like, I don't know, 80% sure he's not fishing it. You never know these days. (laughs) Right. Um, but, uh, Canada and Sheffield honestly, like seem like guys who are pretty well positioned from a, from a... Sort of talent standpoint to do well in the event. You know, Sheffield's got a lot of rivery kind of experience on Dartnell. Canada's got rivery experience on the Kusa and stuff like that. He's a good shallow water angler. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your vibe on this AOI side of things?
1: Well, uh, I know Nelson, uh, you know, him He's and, him and John, uh, Canada, both, you know, spent time up there practicing. Um, the thing I like about Ron is like he is such he is such a like mental fisherman like the dude just it's like he's analyzing everything all the time and mm-hmm. like planning out scenarios and I think you really need that on the river because stuff changes so much like um, you know whether that's water coming up, water dropping, um, fish sliding you know off of this current seam over you know a couple hundred yards down to the next little backwater, uh, entrance or exit or whatever it is, like I could see Ron being very well versed to know, like, well, okay, the water dropped, you know, whatever, like a tenth of an inch. This mat got a little shallow. I need to go fish this thing over here because uh, I bet there's fish pulling to it. Not that Canada and Sheffield don't operate that way, but Nelson, like the dude's kind of on another level,
0: and it's he he is. It's kind of hard to explain. Like he processes that kind of stuff better and faster than most of us do like yeah. most mortals do by
1: like like a pretty good chunk. Yeah, it yeah. It seems like. For sure. And uh so I, I I think uh I I I think Ron probably holds the lead now. That being said, you know, could I see like Canada and Sheffield maybe closing the gap a little bit? Yeah. I absolutely could. Uh, I mean, Sh- I mean, Sheffield's like 60 points back. Canada's under 30s, like 24 points back or whatever the math is on that. Um, so I could see Canada creeping closer to Nelson, but I think Nelson's still in the lead after lacrosse.
0: Yeah, I think that that's probably – I think that's probably fair. Um, I th- One thing I was thinking about with Nelson is if, if you remember um, – if you remember Martin, he had this really interesting adjustment where he went from, like, flipping regular bed baits to flipping a swim bait on the beds. Yeah. And it was just because he said there were a lot of shad around. He could see the fish. They wanted to chase a shad-style bait. And that's not an adjustment a lot of people would make. Like, For I think there's sure. a very good chance if Scott Martin had been fishing that tournament, he would have caught him on beds, but he would have caught him flipping a white craw because that's what he flips on beds. Mm-hmm. And... You know, John Cox didn't make that adjustment. And John Cox is the best sight fisherman ever, right? Yeah. yeah. So, outside of Ron Nelson, of course. <laughs> Naturally. Um, which I'm not entirely joking about. Um, <laughs> but anyway, my I guess my point is that Ron has... You and I have seen him make those sort of fine adjustments so many times. And it could be as much as he's found fish in a mat and they aren't eating a frog this way, but they do eat it one way. Like, they want to practice with... uh, They want to practice the last time we were there. I was with Thrift and Brian New. And they figured out in literally probably half an hour that if you let your frog sit, they would bite it. If you kept moving your frog, you would not get bit. Like, you could cast over an area... Twice and just twitch your frog all the way in over some mats or grass and be cool and you wouldn't get bit. Then you cast, make that same cast, just let your frog sit there and all for like 10 seconds, all of a sudden, two and a half pounder. (laughs) So, like, i that's the kind of thing that Ron Nelson will figure out because that's the kind of angler he is. So, obviously, you and I have waxed poetic about Ron Nelson way too many times, but we're not. Slowing down until he shows us we need to, and yeah, I, I like I I believe in him in this tournament. Um, I would have it honestly. Sandusky I think could be a harder tournament for him because there's some long runs, like a lot of stuff can go wrong. Possibly it's not it's not really from a comfortability standpoint. It's not really what you want to end an A O I title because like you could break down at Saint Clair and it might go sideways and hurry. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Whereas, I, if we were going to have that last one on the Potomac, I was like, yep, chalk it up. Ron Nelson, he's got this. Because he's fished the Potomac so many times. He always does decent there. Like, if he could have gone to the Potomac with a lead, I would have been like, yeah, ice it down. This is this is in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that final event is going to be tricky for him, I think, despite how good he is to catch a smallmouth. But I, I'm i feeling Ron Nelson in this one, too. Yeah. Uh, like we have all year. Um. <laughs> but I guess we'll see what happens, you know? We will. Um, let's see. what uh, What's next on the list?
1: Uh, I suppose we could probably wrap about some BFLs that we kind of hinted at a second ago. Uh, Do you want to talk about Rookie of the Year? Oh, yeah. I forgot about let's Rookie that. of the Year. Let's all do right, that because so. we were talking about Angler of the Year.
0: Yeah. So I found out why Kyle Hall called both of us simultaneously. Um, and it's because Kyle Hall is a rookie. He's 30th in AOI, and I literally didn't write about him at all. And nobody <laughs> nobody else at FLW, except for you and I right now, know that he's a rookie. Uh, so shout out to us.
1: Man, we are really good at what we do.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, well, here's the thing. You know, he called us and told us about it. And one thing that I will say is we have known for years that who is and who is not a rookie on our Rookie of the Year stats is literally horrible all the time. So, yeah. Yep. I'm not I don't feel bad about it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> in 26th place overall is Jimmy Washam, then in 28th place is Jason Vance, who's in second in the rookie of the year race, and then in 30th place is Kyle Hall. Behind them are laramie strickland baron adams cole floyd Daryl gleason so now that you know kyle hall is a rookie how do you feel about this race
1: <laughs> um i mean dude the thing is like Washam, uh i've been really impressed with him this year he's had a really good year dude he it's has been, like i'm gonna be totally honest
0: i had i had buddies who knew Washam and were like this guy's pretty good and i was like All right, well, we'll see. He doesn't have a lot of history. Like, I was not... I did not think in my head, Washam is going to be the best rookie going into the season. I don't know who I really thought that person was. I guess I thought it was going to be Cole Floyd. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Cole Floyd. Naturally. Um, And I'm... I'm still not off the Cole Floyd train. Like, if Cole Floyd wins Rookie of the Year, you're not... I'm not surprised. Uh, (laughs) But... Washam's really impressed. Like, he probably could have won the tournament Strickland won at the Harris chain, given another day. Um, or he would have made it really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe Strickland would have caught a 30-pound bag. You never know. <laughs> uh, based on day five, he would not have.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, 100% would not have.
0: Um, so, you know, stuff could have happened. Uh, but, like, he's got... He did well there. He... Did well at Pickwick in that other in that other event. Like Washam seems like he's got a pretty good handle on this and doesn't really. I I would definitely say he's better off the bank than on the bank. I think that seems like a thing we're learning about him, which is not a surprise for a guy who's from the Tennessee River. But you know, other than that, I mean, he he's impressed.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. The the um, thing is like, um, you know. Jason Vance having a really good year on the pro circuit. Like, I think of the rookies, like between Washam, Vance, Kyle Hall, Strickland, Baron Adams, Cole Floyd, and Gleason. Um, if we just stop it there, I felt like we had like maybe fairly good understanding. Is maybe kind of an overstatement in for some of these guys, but. We knew like, okay, these guys seem like they got some stuff happening. Right? Which is usually, you know, a lot of rookies you don't fully understand, but you've seen tournament fishes where, you know, we Buddy Gross, you know, is like, hey, Baron Adams, he's a good dude. And then you're like, Whoa, Buddy Gross said that? Okay, cool. Like, you know what I mean? You kind of follow along or through series events and whatever. Jason Vance probably like maybe I don't want to say least accomplished, but Kinda like he's, rode in the shadows, right? Yeah, he's got like, very little buzz. Yeah, he's had like some good finishes, but he's from Indiana, like, you know, I I've known about him from covering a couple series events, like knew he's a pretty good dude. So, you know, for him to be where he's at, I'm like, dang, that's pretty impressive because like Strickland has proven to be, you know, uh kind of the hammer maybe thought he was, like at the beginning of the year when I wrote a preview on him. Uh, yeah, like we me. wrote about,
0: you know, yeah, you did great, Kyle. Writing um, <laughs> about writing a preview about the guy who was top 10 in the FLW Series Championship. Good work. hey man. Um, hey, one you thing... you can brag side- about
1: yourself. Let me have one brag right. for this episode.
0: Here is a great side note. This is another Jody brag uh, about <laughs> uh, Strickland, is that he had Homebird 360 mounted on the back of his boat at the championship, <laughs> which is the most ridiculous thing ever, and I love it.
1: Um, I, I saw a boat the other year, day though. with 360 on the back, and I was like, dude.
0: <laughs> are you a walleye fisherman? Yeah, what, <laughs> what do you got what? going on? Who uses 360 on the back? Like, do walleye anglers and stuff really use that? Is that a thing you see in the north, or I mean, you don't see it in the northeast?
1: Yeah, I guess it was before, like, the trolling motor. I've seen it on more boats that are probably walleye guys than, than not. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you see it
0: on – I don't – Strickland is literally the only time I've ever seen it on the back of a bass boat.
1: <laughs> that like, is, that is pretty impressive.
0: And he's from Florida, which is wild.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, here's the thing oh. though: if we like looking at this list, I think the Mississippi. You know, first and foremost, I just kind of default to like Cole Floyd. Like, oh, Cole will probably catch him at. At the Mississippi.
0: Here's, I think Cole could catch him literally everywhere. Like, if Cole Floyd finished in the top 10 in the last two events of the season, I would not be surprised. Now, I don't expect that to happen. And his history on rivers is actually not super great. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he's fished a lot of college championships on rivers, and they've always been kind of sucky. Uh, And he's kind of not done really well in them. But he's Cole Floyd. That said, I mean, Two top tens in a row is kind of a tall order for Cole, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> but he's that good, or we think he's that good, that it's a thing that should be possible. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What were you going to say? I think I kind of took us on a weird track.
1: No, uh, but, like, however Mississippi shakes out, it'll be really interesting to see what this class does at Erie. Because, yeah. you know, you have a couple of guys that are, like, good with their graphs. Um, you know, like offshore kind of, you know, whatever, especially good with their electronics. You got some guys that are like, you know, shallow water dudes. Strickland's never really even caught smallmouths till the Cumberland event uh, last year, the championship. So, like, you're going to have some guys that are like very much out of their element. And uh, that'll be a cool one because, you know, I think we'll probably see a lot of shaking around by Erie. And, uh, like, then whoever wins Rookie of the Year, I think, you know, legit, that event will kind of help solidify that, you know, they were the best rookie. It wasn't like, you know, some of these rookies had three kind of home lakes on the schedule and just took advantage of that and rode it out. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a pretty good test of abilities throughout the season uh, on various waters because a lot of them were pretty new uh, for some of these guys.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, last year, Ron Nelson got to close out Rookie of the Year on Champlain. Yeah. It was, it was probably <laughs> the easiest tournament you could possibly imagine for Rookie of the Year. I think the year before, uh, Matt Becker won Rookie of the Year on St. Clair. St. Clair. Yep. And, like, he hadn't been there before, but the man knows his way around a small
1: mouth. Yeah, it was kind of like, you okay. <laughs> and, um,
0: yeah, granted, it, it helped that Sheldon Collins finished, like, 1,000th in that tournament. True. Uh, He could have very easily not won Rookie of the Year. Uh, The year Chris Johnston won Rookie of the Year, I think the final tournament was on Champlain too. And at that point in time, he pretty much had the leg on lockdown. So also I think he was contending for AOI. Uh, So that was pretty unreal. Um, But yeah, like we've had years where guys have really, it's been easy to get on a roll. You know, you could be like, all right, I see exactly. You had a rookie and, a block of this just fell into their skill set, and you're like, I see it right here. Yep. And yep. this year is not that year. There's There have been too many changes for any one rookie to have prepared for everything, and there have been too many... Uh, the the schedule has been too diverse um, yep. Yep. to really pin anyone down. So, like, whatever happens these last two tournaments, whoever wins ROI really will have earned it. Um, whether... I mean, it could be Kyle Hall, uh, who... Yeah, he's got some smallmouth chops. Uh, I mean, he won at the, uh, the Thousand Islands, St. Yeah. Lawrence at the Thousand yep. Islands one year. At the same time, I don't think he's got really too much Mississippi River chops going on. You know, there's there's definitely a, uh, a lot that could happen these last couple stops. So yeah. it'll be interesting to watch.
1: So sorry, Kyle.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kyle. I'll fix the article. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Other Kyle, I'm going to need you to edit a blurb about Kyle Hall here in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Co- copy that. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on from that,
1: we got BFLs, right? Now some BFLs.
0: Oh, baby. Uh, Favorite part of the week, I love me a BFL.
1: Yeah. Uh, like I said, the Great Lakes division was on the Mississippi River out of Lacrosse. That was on Saturday. Uh, Randy, I apologize for your last name, but I'm going to go with uh, Wieschorek. We great. I think I'm just sometimes I feel like with some of these uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, even like Michigan names, you just gotta just mush it all together and power through. And uh, you're I think usually, that's like, probably exactly
0: right. how you say his name. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna call him Randy. But yeah,
1: uh, like I said, he caught three for eleven nine. Uh, he fished pool seven, so he caught a couple of fish flipping a jig. Uh, around some wood uh, with a little bit of eelgrass, and then he caught, um, I think, probably his biggest one on a frog and slop. So, pretty Mississippi River. Um, you know, like whatever, 11 and 5 for three. That's that's pretty good. I, there was a series event we had on the Mississippi. Dang, though, end. look at second and third. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm just saying, it Bruggen, was, Bru- it was Mike
0: Zugin and Kade Loffenberg. So, like, Randy.
1: Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he uh, he did some work. Travis Bruggen, seventh. Uh, somehow related to Mike. Brothers? Cousins?
0: I uh, want to say brothers, but I'm not 100% sure on that.
1: Yeah. Either way, yeah, he, uh, Randy.
0: Randy finished eighth in the Toyota Series in the old Midwest division. Uh, which is aptly named compared to the Plains Division uh, <laughs> yes, on the Mississippi is. River. In, back in 2005, he had man, the fishing sucked then. <laughs> he had 46 pounds over th- over four days. Ooh. Anyway, go on.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's all for that. Uh, we had a Hoosier Division event, Ohio River at Tanner's Creek. Mike Seal won it. Uh, With a limit, five fish weighing 11 pounds, 12 ounces. So it's actually not bad for the Ohio River. That's really good for the Ohio River, baby. Uh, But uh, This is the
0: most Ohio River winning pattern ever,
1: by the way. It's it's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, So the quote from Seal is, It was a pretty slow day. I threw a worm and had six keeper bites. I didn't more than a half (laughs) gallon of gas. (laughs) End quote.
0: Oh, God.
1: Like, yeah, man. He uh, he threw a seven inch Berkeley uh, power worm and uh, took the dub. So,
0: I will say, uh, best picture of the week. Um, oh, dude. I would say. Absolutely.
1: Like, by a mile.
0: So, congrats on that.
1: Congrats to Alan Gray, I think, uh, it's the tournament director there. Oh, beautiful stuff. Um, then we had LBL Division, which is on Kentucky Lake. Uh, Drew Boggs won it. Had a uh, three fish limit. That was, again, due to uh, heat and concern for safety of the fish. Uh, so he had three for 13-13. Um, he made, uh, he wanted to run south. He had some motor issues. Uh, so he basically did make it down there. His motor was knocking real bad. Uh, he got uh, two fish on a football jig and some brush, one on deep crankbait on a ledge, and basically just, like, <laughs> ran Ran his uh, motor back till it blew up and then had the trolling motor back in for, like, two miles. <laughs> and, uh, you know, crushed him. It says the best five would have went 22. So, That's Kentucky Lake good. is still alive. Back, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, actually, I don't think the weights were, like, too bad in this one. <clears throat> um, so, let's see. Eleven, three, nine, nine, nine. A bunch of people had nine pounds. Okay. Um, you know what? Actually, I take that back. Three for eight, nine for thirteenth place is like, on Kentucky Lake. Is not what Kentucky Lake.
1: How many is of those do you of. think are smallmouth?
0: Honestly, a decent number of them, probably. That, right.
1: That's what I was thinking.
0: Like I don't think the majority of fish weighed in were smallmouth by any means. But yeah. I no. Would, I would suspect that a pretty fair number of guys caught small. Dude, Terry Bolton had two for 7-8, and he finished 25th. Dang. There were a lot of guys who caught two, actually. At yeah, Kentucky Lake, not back. Um,
1: <laughs> All right, we retract.
2: <laughs> I retract the
0: statement. When you have guys weighing in two fish in a three-fish derby, like I get that there's the idea, hey, maybe you're going to lean in and do something cool, but at the same time, The fact that Terry Bolton couldn't go catch a keeper in the last 10 minutes to pad his, you know, 7 pounds, 8 ounces for two, kind of speaks to the lake a little bit. Yeah.
1: But, hey, how about we move on to a more uplifting subject of the Michigan Division event on Lake St. Clair. Uh, Ryan Holstetler won it with uh, 22 pounds, 9 ounces, um... That was the first event of the Michigan Division, which is presented by ARE Truck Caps. Uh, so pretty dang good way to kick off the season, boys. Um, I'll let you get into some results here in a second. But um, he basically caught his fish on a Duoralis spy bait. We don't know the size of it. There, there are a, a lot of sizes bait. now. Yeah, there are <laughs> multiple options. Uh, and also a drop shot with a Duoralis V-tail shad. Uh, he was basically fishing anchor bay and uh working a shallow weed line in four to six feet of water so he found those fish a couple weeks ago he says they stayed there with the bait and uh put his work in and uh won so shout out
0: for sure um so of note scott dobson finished 27th um only caught 17 pounds that's not very good scott do better um
1: (laughs) do better be better
0: (laughs) yeah uh there were, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11 guys caught 20 pounds or more, which is good. Nice. Uh, one dude caught 1915, so that's almost 20. Uh, Troy Stokes, who did really well at Sandusky, also did really well in this one, finished sixth. Um, yeah. There's some, there some other names, if you like, kind of scroll around through there, you're like, oh, that guy caught him that day, or I saw him at him out how, there
1: so how did uh dobson's team part isn't it kyle green is that who he fishes with
0: yeah green uh finished 22nd oh 18-10. okay 10 okay so it seems like whatever like ultra magical school of insane fish uh dobson had, and green had going is probably a little broken up now
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um Because it sure sounded like they could just roll out and, like, catch, like, 23 pounds, like, basically at will. Yeah, yeah, um, it did. A few weeks ago. (laughs) I wonder if, uh, did Dakota fish this one? He did not. Okay. Dakota E-Bear, he was hanging around there, and I was like, I wonder if he got in that one.
1: Because Dakota bear fishes the most tournaments. uh, Of anyone. Of of literally anyone. Yeah, it's insane amazing stuff that he does. Um okay, let's move on. We had a uh doubleheader on Pickwick over the weekend for the Mississippi Division. The Saturday event had Dayton Scott winning it, three fish for 12-6. Again, that was the three fish implemented limit. Uh so, here's the deal. Scott is 18-year-old, 18, 18 years old, just finished up high school fishing. Uh and this was his first ever BFL. So, you know, not a bad way to you know, dip your toe into the uh, bigger realm of tournament fishing. Possibly uh, the next dubbed. Brian Thrift. Hey, who knows? When I was looking at the picture of him, I was like, dude, is this kid like 12 years old? I go, okay. About, he was. It <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, basically is. <laughs> uh, he did catch an 8.5 pounder, which, you know, makes up the bulk of that 12.6, but still. Either way, very impressive. Uh, he caught his fish on a swim jig, and the big fish came on a Texas rig Strike King Cutter Worm. Uh, but he basically smart call. And we've talked about this a lot with regards to like Tennessee river stuff this year. Um, Scott noticed the ledges were getting hammered on. So he tried to, uh, focus on like shallow flats where fish were pushing bait. And, uh, yeah, he cut most of his fish in like six feet of water. So props to you, sir.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling that if we'd had that Toyota series event on Pickwick, like two or three weeks later, that, Uh, Wheeler one, Mm -hmm. I bet that event gets one shallow. Oh, sure. Like, I bet that we hit it, like, just at the only... I mean, it was underwhelming, uh, but I bet we hit it at the only time you could win deep on that lake. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, man, Pickwick especially, and I think Gunnersville and Chickamauga to some degree, not to the same degree probably, man, they're lakes where you got to fish them shallow now, because they... The big fish know not to go out deep because they're going to get caught out deep if they go out there. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Uh, which, speaking of catching them shallow, the Sunday event on Pickwick, Brent Anderson won it with 12 pounds, 8 ounces. All hail. Uh, <laughs> Anderson said basically, uh, my experience on the lake, uh, and he guides there, uh, says he couldn't win out deep. So he ran up the river, fished anything that looked good, uh, cut of on a worm jig, chatterbait, and some on the top water, but a plum-colored zoomo monster was the deal. Uh, caught him in 6 to 10 feet of water, so boom. It's basically back-to-back, like kind of same weights, though. Uh, did Brent, he didn't have like big bass or anything, did he?
0: No, I don't think so. I think he just had big ones.
1: Just good ones. Okay. More consistent. I'll, I'll
0: check to be 100% sure. Uh, no, he did not have big bass. Uh, big bass, day two, is actually only 6'9", so not 8 or whatever. Dang. Uh, Michael Woolley finished second on day two. Ah. Uh, the
1: Woolley Mammoth.
0: Yeah, let's see who finished second on day one.
1: Brandon Perkins tied for seventh on day two.
0: Yeah. I was trying to scroll through and see if there was anybody who, like, really had, like, a perfect week.
1: Oh, sure. Dude, Lloyd Pickett ba, 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 ba. got 21st we're on up, day two. We're
0: coming up to that. Yeah. I, I'm definitely not good at reading things, but it doesn't look like there was somebody who, like, really was dialed
1: and just missed out, barely. Uh, but, uh, hey, we're getting to that. Yeah, to someone who really dialed. That, great segue. Uh, the Piedmont division had back-to-back events on Kerr over the weekend. And guess what? Ronnie Baker just went ahead and won them both. Uh, dude's dialed.
0: Dude, caught, side note: If he'd been winning a Phoenix, if he'd been running a Phoenix, dude, he would have won a
1: ridiculous amount of money for two days of fishing for, you know, very cheap tournaments to enter. Dude, you are not kidding. Yeah, he. Uh, so he caught 16 pounds even to win Saturday's event, and then he caught 14, 15, so almost 15. So basically, the same weight both days, uh, five fish limits. Uh, yeah, he won like six grand total, but could have probably been. Uh, I don't know, math isn't my strong suit. It would have been a pile of money for two days. Um, Yes. Yeah, so basically he's super super stoked about it. He fished Nutbush Creek both days. Um, Said he rotated through the same like four or five spots. There was a ton of shad out on points, and he said the fish reloaded overnight. So it was like 12 to 15 feet of water. Caught him on an unnamed half-ounce swim jig uh, with a green pumpkin zoom speed craw also caught a few on a half ounce football jig um but yeah i mean the dude was on on some fish caught him early for the most part and then had to just kind of like push through the rest of the day but mad props to you mr baker because going back to back in a bfl is a stout move that is for sure um uh ronnie baker made
0: day three of the all-american last year too i took photos of him on the potomac
1: Oh, I'm sure they were beautiful, too.
0: Oh, they are spectacular. I don't think he caught any fish while I was on him, but uh, maybe he did. And uh, definitely was on the Potomac. <laughs> um, that's my, uh, you know, just that added uh, Ronnie Baker. He was fishing out on a ranger in that tournament, but so was everyone.
1: Yeah, interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the uh, added uh, Ronnie Baker juice that I've got for you.
1: Cool. That's our uh, BFLs for the week.
0: Cool. I like it. Um well, Kyle, I think next time I'll see you, it'll probably be in uh, Wisconsin.
1: I think you're right. maybe uh, Minnesota, maybe Iowa. You never know. <laughs> a lot of states around there. There are a lot of states around here. Yeah, La lacrosse will be nice. It's only like four hours from the house, so uh, I think I get there Tuesday, the day before.
0: Cool. Well, I'm going to start driving on Friday. And, uh, you know, just plug my way westward. I like it. Um... Anything else we need to touch on or is that pretty much, uh,
1: wrap it up? I guess we got, uh, email address folks to reach us at. We absolutely do. Hit us up, podcast at flwfishing.com. Uh, we'd love hearing from you. Questions, comments, concerns, let us know.
0: Alrighty. Uh, FLW is all over the place. We're live all four days at the Mississippi River event. So that'll be really cool. Make sure to watch that. Um, and uh Kyle, you're Kyle Lumber on Instagram. I'm Jody Blanco. And I think that pretty much does it. As always, a pleasure.
1: I think it does. Jody safe travels uh here to the Midwest, to the plains. <laughs> and <laughs> Quick trip, baby. Here I come. <laughs> quick trip, here we go. And uh, we'll see you out there. Thanks for
2: listening, everyone. See ya.